to you for a few moments on shipwrecked, shipwrecked faith. You know, we've got, uh, I didn't, I didn't even plan this, but the Holy Spirit probably did. Um, but, uh, we've got VBS coming up this week, uh, Wednesday through Friday, we're going to be doing VBS and it's the, the theme and title is shipwrecked and the Holy Spirit literally led me, uh, I knew about VBS, but, uh, I woke up the other morning and, uh, the Lord just directed me to this passage about Paul and uh, brought me to several truths that are here. And um, we're gonna, I'm going to preach this morning a little bit more expository, uh, just going down through the Scripture and looking at the key elements in this uh, passage of Scripture. So uh, let's dig in together. I won't have you stand for the reading of the Word or anything. I want you to read along with me because we're going to examine these Scriptures and we're going to find out what the Word of God has to say to us. How many of y'all are interested in what the Word of God is trying to say to the church right now? Amen. Let's pray before we get started. Father, we thank you for the Word. It's forever settled, God. Nothing ever changed. Not one jot or tittle will pass away, God. But you will fulfill every single... You, matter of fact, your word will accomplish the thing that it set out to do. It's quick and sharp and powerful, more quicker than any two-edged sword, dividing uh, bone from marrow and, and uh, soul from spirit, God. You're able to penetrate with the word. So penetrate us today and prick us at our hearts with your word, God. We thank you for all of it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. And amen. Verse number 9, chapter number 27, the book of Acts. If you're there, shout amen. amen. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. I stop right there. Uh, the fast was not, they were on a fast. The fast was on the 10th day of the 7th month. That's when the fast was over, okay? And so that was a time period. And so it was the it was the tenth day of the seventh month is the end of what they call the fast. And uh, so this was late in the year. It was a wintertime type of uh, season. And so the sail, uh, the seas are not meant for sailing in this area of the country or of the world, I'm sorry, at that time of year because the seas get dangerous. All right, everybody understand that sometimes the seas get dangerous. That will preach all by itself. Amen? Uh, look at your neighbor and say the seas get dangerous. And so Paul knew that the seas were dangerous. Listen, Paul is not exercising. Brother Dave taught us on Thursday night about discernment. Paul is not exercising just wonderful, amazing spiritual discernment in this passage. I believe he looked out to the ocean. He saw some big old waves and said, hey, guys, um, common sense is telling me that we ought not go that way. Okay? I just... I, the season, this is, this is a no-brainer. Uh, it's wintertime, and there's storms out there, and this is not a good idea. So he, sometimes we just need to exercise some good old common sense, amen? And Paul was given some common sense, and it says, uh, it says, And he said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will hurt, uh, uh, will, will be with hurt and much damage, uh, not only to the ladding uh, and the ship, but to our lives as well. He's saying, hey, guys, um, you know, and put it in nowadays vernacular. And he's, like, he's saying, uh, guys, don't be stupid. We don't need to go out there. We need to just hang out where we're at here. Um, let, me, let me just set the stage for you uh, as to where we're at reading. Um, Paul was uh, brought before a chief captain, the scripture says. He was brought before the chief captain and accused by the Jews there. And so that chief captain didn't know if there was good charge against him or not, and so he sent him and had him scourged to find out if there was good enough reason to charge him. So he was, uh, aren't you glad our justice system doesn't work that way 
nowadays. We're going to punish you and then decide if you were guilty or not. Okay? I'm glad it doesn't work that way, but that's how it happened. And so uh, back in uh, chapter number 22, he says to the chief captain, he says, um, is it lawful, lawful for you to scourge an unjudged Roman? And all of a sudden the chief captain got a little scared because he didn't realize that Paul had Roman citizenship. And the chief captain said, with much money I paid for this uh, citizenship that I have. And Paul said, well, I got it because I was born into it. So mine's even better than yours. And now he was really messed up. So he brought him before the Jews. And so first he was in front of the chief captain and he was being accused. How many of y'all know the, the, the devils are accuser? And so he was being accused. And then the chief captain didn't have a way to judge him. So he says, I'm going to rid myself of this problem. I'm going to send him to Felix, the governor. And so then he goes and stands before Felix, the governor. And Felix, the governor, he's being pressed on by the Jews to condemn Paul, but he finds no fault in him. And so he says, I'm going to recess this courtroom. And then they come back and he looks at him again. He rejudges it again. And then Felix still can't come up with a judgment because he can't find anything wrong with Paul. He can't find anything to accuse him of. And so he's like, you know what? My administration's about to end. End, and I'm not going to be governor any longer and this guy named Festus is going to come along and become governor and so he says I'm just going to leave him here to appease the Jews I'm just going to keep him bound here and then I'm going to let Festus deal with the problems aren't you aren't you don't you just love it when people will leave their problems for you all right well then um then Festus goes and he he has to look at him and judge him guess what Festus can't find any fault in him and so Festus is getting ready uh, to, to try and figure something out. And he says, you know what? Let's send him to Herod Agrippa. And let's see what Herod Agrippa says about him. And so he stands before Herod Agrippa. And I love what Paul says when he stands before Herod Agrippa. He tells him of his conversion and how God had miraculously changed his life at Damascus Road. And so he, he brought him to this uh, through the whole story. And Agrippa looks at him and he says, man, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul looked at him and said, so I love that scripture. Uh, I wrote it down. It's in verse number uh, uh, 29 of chapter number 26. He says, I would, that, uh, I would to God that not only you, Agrippa, but all that hear me this day were, were both almost and altogether such as I am. I wish that you were all converted except for these bonds of chains. And he was trying to tell them, you're chained up in the spiritual, but I'm chained in the natural. Amen. And he said, I would that you would, be, you would really be converted. And Agrippa was going to pardon him, but Paul appealed to Caesar. He said, I'm going to take this thing all the way to the top. And Agrippa says at the end of chapter number 26, he says, if he would have not appealed to Caesar, I would have let him go. I would have released him. But you see, what happened was uh, God had an intention God had a plan and a purpose for Paul's life. And that plan said, I need you to take this gospel because I've called you to be my disciple to the Gentiles. I need you to take this gospel and you're going to have to take it to the place where you can get the most business done. He said, I gotta, you've got to take this gospel to the epicenter of the world. And so the epicenter of the world at that moment was Rome. And so God was using a, a peculiar means to get Paul to where he needed to go. Amen? Amen. And so uh, we see here that he's on his journey. And so we, for the sake of time, let's continue reading. It says uh, the owner of the ship said things were going to be okay, and so they didn't listen to Paul. Now, so then they get out and they start sailing. And reading again at verse number uh, 15, 
the Bible says, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up unto the wind, we let her drive. Now, Paul and the, the rest of the good old boys that were in there, they were all prisoner, mostly prisoners and guards. And The Bible goes on to say that there was 276 of them on this boat. And they were, they were traveling along. And uh, sure enough, the storm came. The Bible says a tempest wind came. And it, it began to beat against the ship. And so uh, they said we couldn't. The ship could not bear up against the wind, and so we let her drive. And I, sp- I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me that some of you are trying to take your ship, and you're trying to fight against the wind of the Holy Ghost. And He said, I'm a more powerful wind than you can ever handle, and so I need you to just sit back and let her drive. That's what it said. He said, we let, 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 you read it in the King James here. It says in verse number 15, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. Look at your neighbor and say, let her drive. Look at the, they didn't, they didn't understand. Look at the other side and say, let her drive. Now, now I'm not talking about a female driver because you've you got to take your life into your own hands if you're letting Sister Deidre drive. Amen. She's good. She's like Mario Andretti good. She, you know, 15, 20 over is not a big deal. She gets to where she's going. If I got somewhere to be, I let her drive. Okay? And listen, Paul had somewhere to be, and the Holy Ghost was trying to push him there. And so they said, let her drive. Amen? Let the Holy Ghost drive. This morning, I wish that some of you all would just let go and let God. That's how the old saints said it. I wish that you had let go and let God. This, what was happening was they were trying to fight something that was, that was set in motion. God said, I've got to get my message to Rome because I've got to get it broadcast in the epicenter of the world. And so they needed to just sit back and let the Holy Ghost begin to drive. Some of you need to sit back in your life and let the Holy Ghost begin to drive because you know what? God has the perfect storm. Tell your neighbor this. I don't know why. I just feel like you need to preach to each other today. Tell your neighbor, God has the perfect storm to drive you to where he's going. Now let that settle in for just a second. I know, Sister Naomi, I'm working. Let that settle in for just a minute. God has the perfect storm to get you where you're going. Now, isn't that kind of an oxymoron? Wouldn't you rather he just had the perfect little carpet ride to get you where you were going? Wouldn't you rather he had the perfect air-conditioned vehicle that rode smoothly and had air shocks to get you where you were going? the perfect Cadillac to get you where he wanted you to go? Cushy seats? Yeah, something real comfortable. Some sit back on autopilot and let it let her go. Well, he said, listen, he said let her drive, but it's going to be the wind of the Holy Spirit, and you're probably going to go through hell and high water and a storm to get where I've got for you to go. Look at your neighbor and tell him again, God has the perfect storm to drive you to where you're going. This is the perfect storm, and his name's the Holy Ghost, just so you know. And the wind couldn't bear the Holy Ghost, or the ship couldn't bear the Holy Ghost, so they got it. You just got to let the Holy Ghost drive. Look at your neighbor and tell let the Holy Ghost drive. Come on, say, let, let the Holy Ghost. Say, you guys say it convincingly. You guys got to help me today. You look at your neighbor and say, hey, why don't you try something? Why don't you try letting the Holy Ghost drive? So you, you, you've been you've been trying to do good on your own, but it ain't working out. 
You need to let the Holy Ghost drive. <laughs> Brother Tom is talking to me. And he's convincing. You know what, brother? I think I'm going to let the Holy Ghost drive. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's read on. And so they, they went down. And uh, in verse number 18, it says, And they being exceedingly tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. Verse number 19 says, In the third day we cast out our, 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 with our own hands the tackling of the ship. You know what happens when you don't let the Holy Ghost drive? You try, and, you try and manipulate the situation that you're in and you try and fix it on your own. And so they're lightening the load this way and they're lightening the load that way and they're trying to make it work on their own. But the real, the real deal is that, that God is trying to get you to the place that He wants you to go. And you can fight it or like it or, or not, but He's got a plan for you. And He said, My ways are not your ways and my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And He said, I know the plans that I have for you. King James says, The thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord plans of a hope in a future, of an expected end. I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life. And you know what? I, I just let, this settled in my spirit some a couple years ago. Uh, God does not call audibles. God does not get to the line of scrimmage and look what the devil's doing in your life and say, oh man, I didn't plan for that. Let's change it up. He's got a plan for your life and it's perfect. And you may not like the ride that you've got to get on to get to where he's taking you, but you better just hang on and let her drive because the Holy Ghost is going to get you there one way or another. Let me say it to you like this. If you're running from God and you're one of the prodigals, you need to sit back and hold on because life is getting ready to get really tough because God's got a ways and means committee like you've never seen before. And he's going to bring you into the kingdom. Why? Because mom and dad and grandma and grandpa are praying for you and the Holy Ghost is driving you your ship whether you like it or not you are going to be in the fold of God's kingdom because he said so and because they said so you better believe there's power in a praying mama just let her drive just let her drive and and then it goes on and and in verse number 21 for the sake of time but after a long abstinence Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said sirs you should have listened and you shouldn't have loosed from Crete and, and then he goes on to say in verse number 22, I exhort you, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship alone. I'm, I've got far more notes today, but I am closing with this today just for the purpose uh, of getting, this is really the meat of what I want to say in the house of God today, that your ship will probably go down. But God didn't say that your vehicle would make it. God said that he's going to take you to where he wants you to go. You go on, you read the story, and there's some of them escaped on boards and pieces of broken down ship because they ran that ship headlong into the island and they, they got that thing stuck. And guess what? When they ran that thing headlong in the island, the, the, the front of that thing wasn't moved, but the back was battered and torn. I don't have time to preach it today. But if you'll run yourself headlong into God, then all the ones that are behind you, they may get tossed with the waves and broken up, but you will be found, you will be firmly rooted in the foundations of God and you will not be moved by the wind and the waves I'm telling you but but listen they got to where they were going they went on some of them rode in on little pieces of wood and you may just barely get to where you're going but God has a plan for you and this is what I love about the story is that it wasn't about the ship that they were on and even though it was about Paul's journey because he had somewhere to be and you've got somewhere to be this is really the profound thing that most people skip over in it is Paul 
Paul looked at them in this scripture and he said, be of good cheer. There will be not a loss of any man's life among you. Go to verse number 23, Daniel, for me, because it's a profound thing that God says here. He says, for there stood by me this night an angel of the God of whom I serve. Amen. Are you thankful we serve God? Go to 24. This is where it's at. Here's the power. And saying, fear not, thou hast brought, uh, thou must be brought before Caesar and lo, God has given to them, uh, given thee all that sail with thee. There is another translation that says, God has given you all the souls that sail with you. I'm telling you that even in the midst of your journey, when things are battered and things are torn, when your vehicle's not running right, when where you got to get with God doesn't seem like it's going right, it's still all about the souls. Uh, you, you, you may miss it if you don't look at it close, but God was still worried about all the souls. You can be on this journey and be so self-centered and so worried about my storm that's coming and the wind that's blowing over me and the waves are crashing over me and me, 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 God, why are you not working on me? And God said something so profound in this that it wasn't just about Paul, but he said, I have delivered unto you all the souls in this book. There's not a life that's going to be lost. Even in the midst of your journey, even in your shipwrecked condition, even when you don't know how you're going to get where you're going to get, God is trying to tell many of us today, if we will focus on others, I'm ringing it in for you today, if we will focus on others, it's still all about souls. We get caught up in our ship. We get caught up in our means and our transportation and God's plan for my life. And God's plan for your life. And God's plan for this ministry. I've come to tell you that if every brick in this building were to crumble down, God would still care more about the souls sitting in this room than any brick in this building. I'm telling you right now, if we get a new building or we don't get a new building, if we're preaching in the streets or we're preaching on the sidewalk, if we're having church together, He cares more about the souls. When He looks at Springfield, He's not concerned with the vehicles that we drive or the building that we stand in. He's not even as concerned with your circumstances as he is your ability to minister to the souls that are around you and if you'll look and this is my close if you'll look around yes you're going through a storm but there are people all around you that are going through a storm Paul feared nothing for his own life Paul knew he had a call Paul said, I got to get to Caesar and God will not let me die until I stand before Caesar. Many of you, you have a promise on your life. You have a calling. God's called you for a purpose. You haven't seen your vision come to pass. You know what that means? It's not your time. It's not your time to go. The enemy may be telling you that he's going to kill you. The wind and the waves may be blowing hard, but God has a plan. And if we can get so confident in God's plan for us, we'll quit worrying about that and know that He will bring it to pass. And then we can truly become ministers to the needs of all those around us. Paul didn't worry for his life. He knew where he was going. He knew what had to be done. He didn't, he didn't know if he was going on a lifeboat He didn't know if he was riding in on a piece of wood from a broken down ship. Even when his wisdom said, let's not take this 
way. He still knew that God was his protector. And I've come to tell you today that God is your protector. And we have the blessed hope of Jesus in us. Everyone in this building under the sound of my voice, and if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to make that right today. We want to give you an opportunity to make that right today. But a great number of you in this house today, you know God. And if you know Him, and you believe that He saved you, then He will keep you. He's well able to keep you. And He will take you to where He's called you to go. We get so caught up, Sister, Sister Mindy, Brother Jim, we get caught up in the means of how to get where He's taking, trying to take. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how He takes you. What matters is, are you going to focus on the storm? Are you going to focus on ministry? Are you going to focus on the souls? Because while we, the, the enemy wants nothing more than to crash winds and waves against you and get your focus off of the real thing that matters, and that's souls in the kingdom. If he can divert you with bills or divert you with illness or divert you with, uh, with friendships or drama of any kind, he will divert you with wind and waves when the reality is God needs need you to know, I got this. You're going to where I've called you to go. You may not like the vehicle. The vehicle may be broken down. You may ride in on a lifeboat. You may ride in on a piece of wood. But don't worry about any of that because it's all about souls. Who'd have thought a, a message entitled Shipwrecked would be all about souls. But God cared enough about the souls on that, on that day that he went, he told Paul in the night, he said, an angel of the Lord came to me and he said, fear not. God hath given them all, given thee all that sail with you. All that sail with you. Amen. Stand to your feet with me today. It's all about souls. It's all about souls. There's 20 other points in this scripture and just, I could have preached for an hour. But at the end of the day, God wanted to say, it's all about souls. Man, we installed new people today in all these new ministries. Why? Because it's all about souls. You better believe, Brother Blake, Brother Jake, Sister Amy, all those who are doing work in the kingdom, there's going to be wind and waves. It's going to be hard to even breathe sometimes. But what you're going through is not unto death. And what God wants you to do is quit focusing on the circumstances and focus on who can be saved. Bow your heads and your hearts with me. Father, I thank you for this time in your word. God, I thank you that your, your word is forever settled. Lord, that we know that you are working it out. You're working all things together for our good. And God, you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us in this room today. God, the enemy would seek to distract us by wind and waves. And God, even sometimes the mechanisms and vehicles that we are using to get from point A to point B, some of our friendships and some of our relationships and ministry relationships, they fall apart, God. But all I know, and I know this to be 100% true, is that when you've called us to somewhere and you've called us to something, that somewhere and that something shall come to pass because you have said it 
Lord, we, we preached about it a couple weeks ago. Just say the words and it shall be done. God, you've spoken the promise over your people. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you would strengthen us. Lord, to not be focused on the wind and the waves, but to focus on the souls that weigh in the balance. God, I thank you for your soul, for the souls of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I would be remiss.